I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, Essex County, and I was born into a family of public service, teachers, police, fire, nonprofit agencies, and it was understood that giving back was very important. It actually didn't start as giving back, I guess, because the generations of my family did not come from wealth or anything like that. It just was that was something that was education was considered paramount. And as the generations progressed and became more educated, everybody kind of found different ways to give back. And for myself, being an attorney, I went to Seton Hall Law School, graduated undergrad from Rutgers and Seton Hall Law, some Jersey girl all the way, and proud of it. I thought that through the law I could do things um, and follow the examples that I had grown up with. In terms of politics specifically, my dad, Michael Adubato, was a state assemblyman in New Jersey for about 18 years. He passed away 21 years ago now, but during the time that he was in office, he started when I was pretty young, I saw that as an elected official you could have impact on people's lives on a very personal level. I saw him do things like help families who had very ill children who uh, had experimental drug therapy where the insurance company wasn't willing to pay. And he happened to be, at the time, the chairman of the Banking and Insurance Committee in New Jersey. And after a couple phone calls, lo and behold, they were able to get the treatment and uh, the child went on to survive and do very well. And that's just one example of those kind of things. And, and it really came to me, really poignantly, uh, as I said, he passed away very young. He was only 59 years old. And it was in February, and the day of his funeral was just a horrible, horrible weather. It was basically a hurricane. And the funeral was out of uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral in Newark. And my family and I were in the procession after the service, and we were driving to the cemetery. And as I said, it was the wind was howling in trees. And, and as we drove, we saw a man and a young boy in the street in front of the funeral procession holding a long sheet that they had written on. As we drove by, we were like, what are they doing? Because the boy was struggling to hold on, and it was really, it was tough. And the sign said, God loves Michael Atabato. And it said the name of the family. And we didn't know who they were. Came to later find out, after some inquiry, because it struck us as such an amazing thing to do, that they were a family that he had helped. And he had never told us about it. And that was when I really started giving some thought, although it was a number of years before it came to fruition. And then after moving to Cranford in 1990, didn't get involved in politics right away, but was very involved in the town. And, um, and then ultimately, when I was approached to run, I was comfortable with the time in my, could do it with my career and with my family. And, and so I did. And I've been very happy. This is now the third year of my first term, and it's been very fulfilling. You had mentioned when you moved to Cranford in the 1990s, you didn't get involved with politics right away, but you were involved with other things in the town. What were some of the other projects that you were involved with? I was involved with the Cranford Baseball and Softball League. I have three daughters, and they all played. 
in the softball league. We uh, used to joke because I was in with, at the time, they called it the Instructional League, and it was the seven- and eight-year-old girls, and my girls are all two years apart. So I was, I think, the longest-serving coach in the Instructional League because as they moved up and out, I stayed. So I was there for, you know, the duration of them for the two years for each of them, and that was just great. I loved that. I was very involved with St. Michael's. My children attended, all three attended St. Michael's School, but uh, also they all graduated from Cranford High School. So I became very involved at the church and school level, serving on various boards and that sort of thing. Very involved with Relay for Life in Cranford. I, I lost my brother, my younger brother, and he was only 39, to cancer. And that was 10 years ago. And my whole family became very involved with the Relay for Life. And my uh, youngest daughter was uh, always a captain of a team all through high school. And, and so that was great. So many various different things. And one of the things that I was involved in early on was when there was a company came in to put in underground power lines and I had gotten involved because they were talking about doing it right in front of my house. It was around the corner from all the way up North Union and a couple of people who had been very involved in other issues were speaking to me and I got involved peripherally at first and then a little bit on the legal side and that was maybe the first time of any real if you want to say political experience in the town, and that was quite early on. But as I said, I've moved here in 1990, so I've been here 24 years, I guess, and love it. Just love Cranford. Now, as you come to the end of your term, the three years that you've served on the township committee, what are your priorities as far as what you'd like to do? You're one of five township committee people, so you can't do anything totally by yourself, but what are the things that you wanted to accomplish and still maybe do want to accomplish? As you said, you, we work as a team on the committee, and I'm very happy with the makeup of the committee this year. Very dedicated, very cooperative, and it's really nice to be able to feel like you're progressing. And in, in the first few months here, we've already done a lot, and we still have a lot to do. There's always a lot to do. But one of the things that we've been working on, and, and this is my first year serving as finance commissioner, and we have put in place a new CFO. We've also strengthened our human resources department, payroll. The finance department it also includes the tax office, tax collector's office, and it's really the heart of the town because without the finances, we can't make anything run. So we needed to pay a little more attention to that and make sure things were going well, even so much as to make sure we were fully compliant with everything on state and local federal levels too because one of the reasons to strengthen human resources because there's a many, many regulations. They change often. We have a lot of employees, and, and we needed to make sure that we were doing everything proper for them and for the town. So that's one thing. We also are in the middle of negotiations with our police, fire, DPW, and white-collar workers. We are moving along nicely, and I am confident that we're going to get it done and that both sides will be as happy as any two sides can be after a negotiation of any sort. No one can be totally happy, and no one should be totally disappointed. So I think we're on a good track with that. Very good communication. Bringing in Terrence Wall is our new administrator. He's a, he's a strong administrator, which is something that in our form of government we really need. It's another thing we've been working on is making sure that the model that we have, which I've been pretty vocal about not necessarily agreeing, is the best form of government, but it is what we have and we need to work with it. In order to make it work best, I think we need to let our administrator do his job and let the township committee serve as the board of trustees, as you would, and set policy 
and let our administrator carry out our policies, and that's been working well. So that's been going on. We obviously have a new police chief. Uh, there's a real great energy at the police department. Everything on that end moving along nicely as well. I think the biggest issue, obviously, flooding is never far from any of our mines in Cranford, if you've lived here for any period of time. Sometimes what we don't focus on as much, apart from the initial disasters of people's homes flooding and having to deal with that, which of course is top priority, what it does, the storms, how they wreak havoc on our infrastructure. The roads in town are atrocious, and I'm not just talking about potholes, I'm not just talking about repaving. We need roads to be rebuilt, and we have not had a very good comprehensive continuing plan for that. One of the things that we're hoping to do and, and are on track to do, barring any unforeseen incidents, we're working now on capital budget. I have proposed a $4 million commitment this year to road rebuilding. We have 72 miles of township road. We would need on a, I guess, a 25-year plan that breaks down to doing 2.88 miles per year, something like that. And in order to do that, we need to commit real funds. But if we don't do it, it's a quality of life issue. And, you know, we won't be able to drive down the street. And I just from the potholes alone this year, I have my oldest daughter's hit one, tire popped. It was $150. If we do a $4 million dedication of funds to our roads, yes, will there be a tax implication. There has to be because we have to pay for it. We're not going to bond and not be able to pay for it because we see how that gets you in trouble with the state and the pension system and everything else. We don't want to kick the can down the road, so to speak, no pun intended. But what we would like to do is, as I said, every year dedicate a substantial amount. And I think we were figuring somewhere in the area of $35 a year per household to do that. I don't think that our residents will argue with that when we realize what it's for. The biggest thing, Bernie, is we have to communicate. We have to make people understand why we're doing things, what it will cost, and let them weigh in. And that's our plan.